My name is Felix Beltran and um, professionally uh, I work as a freelance editor and proofreader and uh, I'm also an arts manager and I have uh, I run this um, music festival with two more colleagues mm -hmm. so these are my main two um, tasks um, jobs duty let's say and apart from that I'm, I consider myself a municipal activist and I take part in this uh, uh, Barcelona Comú um, assemblies uh, in the district ones and in the international committee and and yeah that's mainly how I, how I spend my my time here in Barcelona. So could you give a sense of so the, there was the economic crash in 2008 and then mm -hmm. there was the all the the occupations of the big of the squares and the indignadas and everything yeah. when if you could just give us a sort of a history of 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 how we've mm -hmm. got to where we are now in terms of what's happening here mm -hmm. i think the the grass the the roots of this movement uh it has to be also pictured on this um Arab Spring movements as well. They were like the first to mm. go to the street and and to show that um, people together can can make a difference. And of course, here in Spain, apart from the international crisis, uh, we had also a representative crisis. And we are we have we had the system. Well, we still have a system where corruption has really high levels and traditionally our democracy is quite young uh, we have had democracy just for 40 years and some of the dynamics and the structures we inherited from the from still from the dictatorship so all together um, it was not just a financial crisis for us um, uh, but also politically and this was one of the main reasons um, why so many people went out to the street um, on the 15th May movement. I experienced it abroad. Uh, at that time I was living in Berlin and because many Spanish, especially young professionals, have been forced to go overseas to work and I took part there on the movement and on the assemblies as well. And as far as I knew that I wanted to go back, uh, I wanted to take part here in Barcelona and be part of the change as well. Even though I was quite surprised that not that many people were involved here, um, maybe I kind of uh, idealized the thing, um, living abroad. Mm. But um, at least in Barcelona, um, the current government is run by Ada Colau, uh, who was one of the founders of the, this confluence. Uh, a couple of years ago um, it's actually quite shocking how in less than one year they they form all the confluence and were able to get to the power and most of these people were coming from uh, uh, civil society movements like the PA which is uh, this movement uh, that fights against evictions uh, mm -hmm. and she was, Ada Kola was really well known because of this there are some footage uh, normally circulates on the internet where, where she's taken from the police out of out of a house where where an old uh, couple is living and uh, have to be forced to leave because 
they cannot pay the mortgage. Because it's the truth of the way it works in Spain is if you default on your mortgage, you the bank sells the house and keeps the money and you still keep the debt. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, sorry. Yeah, there was like this, um, how do you call it, the bubble, uh, immobilium, like uh, immobilium bubble where so many houses were built uh, before the crisis mm. and then afterwards it was like the the good moments when everyone had a job here was earning a lot of money went for a mortgage and then uh, with the crisis people got unemployed they couldn't pay the, their houses and they go like half of the market now is owned by the banks um, who have been actually rescued by all the taxes of the people in Spain. Mm. So, so, so out of out of the 15M mm. movement, then that was when Podemos emerged, and different sort of political mm-hmm. groups started to emerge out of that. Yeah, and then Podemos started winning elections in different places. Did they? They did. I remember seeing that that they did a. They did an election catalogue of brochure that looked like an IKEA catalogue. Mm-hmm. It was really cool, I thought. They did it for the last general elections. Yeah, it was yeah. like the program, and the first elections they went for were the European, the European Parliament, and uh, they were. It was the first time they were going uh, for an election. They were running for an election, and I think they won six seats, and um, I think it was like around one million votes. So it was like um, they went in like quickly into the into the scenario, political scenario. And in the beginning, they were kind of they were seen as friendly and somehow um, new politics, fresh. But as they were getting bigger, um, all the media and all the all the hidden interests started to to picture them like the devil and you know as as far as they were uh, getting bigger they were more dangerous I guess for the for the big fishes so there's Podemos who are the other who are the other people who've ended up under this en commun yeah the thing is that under the umbrella of Podemos um, you have uh, different uh, political parties uh, like in the regions and in a municipal level they get uh, different names as well because uh, the good the white the good thing about this movement is that it's really white and transversal so it embraces a lot of different people with different also back backgrounds and ideologies mm. so at least in Barcelona for example or the confluence uh, brushes for different main actors. Uh, one of them uh, was Podemos, mm-hmm. and another one was a traditional left party mm-hmm. called Iniciativa, mm-hmm. uh, who was also into the parliament already. Then Equo, which is uh, similar to the Green Party in here in Spain, mm-hmm. and uh, another a fourth, which is a traditional Catalan uh, movement, also but was not never represented. In so it was kind of it was kind of an alliance of progressive parties. Yeah, that's it. And and how 
how because it's always the the classic problem for the left is that they can never do that because mm. they're always focusing on on how they're different from each other and so how I, that's quite unusual to have to have four progressive parties mm. find sufficient common ground to run under one banner how did that come about um, well the thing is that that's why they try also not to take the name of of Podemos, not putting the name on front, but uh, just the idea to do politics in a different way and and, and most uh, important to to win the city, uh, to win back the city for the citizens. So it was this um, winning mentality from the very beginning and the determination to to be transparent and and to run the institutions in a different way as mm. they had been done in Spain for years, no? We always had this um, system where the two traditional parties were ruling the power uh, for 40 years and I think that's general, at least for all Europe, but uh, especially the socialists in the end uh, many people realized they were not doing uh, progressist uh, mm. uh, policies anymore. So, from this crisis of representation, um, it was why this uh, confluence had so much uh, support from the street as well. Um, all different classes, medium class, but also working class. And so, what does what does in common mean? Like in common? Yes. So, so in Madrid, so so. Barcelona and Comu is, is, is just an alliance that's come together for Barcelona. Yeah. So is there a Madrid on Comu? And a, in Madrid a, it's called uh, Ahora Madrid, it's now Madrid, for example. Okay. And the ruling, ruling uh, mayor now, uh, Manuela Carmena, she's not even from Podemos, from the party. So sometimes okay. there's a bit like um, um, some issues between them as well. but. Okay. The important thing, of, um, far from the from the names and and you know and where they belong to, is the way they they try to implement policies. Mm. Yeah. So, so a bit about so you were talk, So one of the things that, that that is very much talked about is this is that the neighborhood councils and that sort of real grassroots organizing. Mm -hmm. Could you just say a bit about that? Yeah. Um, for example, here in Barcelona, there's a long tradition of um, of community movements, and for a long time now, like people and people getting together to to make changes, not just on a district level, but um, on different topics as well. No, there's a long tradition, and I think that's why also in Barcelona is. It's quite common to see um, neighbors um, creating a, a civil society movement in order mm -hmm. to to influence on the on the institution as well. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, at the district uh, assemblies that I take part, um, one of the things I really like is that uh, you have always uh, people from the city council attending the. The assemblies, so there's quite a lot of report between the two sides, no? Okay. And these assemblies are open to every citizenship as well, and and most of the people taking part in these assemblies 
um, are also uh, supporting or working with other civil society movements uh, related to gentrification, to ecological movements, or even transition. Yeah. So, so when you say neighborhood, so would is it like a raval? Raval, this yeah. neighborhood. So that uh, there was a council just for this neighborhood, or is it bigger area than that? Is it a bigger? This is like neighborhood and then district area, which is like three or four neighborhoods altogether. So the meetings you go to are three or four neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how often do they happen? Uh, once every fifteen days. And every fifteen days. Yeah, every two weeks. So, be- but a different, but a later day in the week every time. Um, is it on Wednesdays? Every Wednesday, every two weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how many people go? Uh, around 20 people, yeah, 15 to 20 people. And um, yeah, um, most of the people, um, well, uh, age average is around quite uh, quite high, I would say. Okay. It's around 50, 60, well, not high, but it's not that many young people, at least here in this district, I think. Okay. I believe, depending on the district where you live, not just the topics change, but also the profile of the people, I guess. But anybody could go, in theory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then you, you normally um, do a balance of the, um, uh, of the issues uh, which are affecting your district, and there's always like 20-30 minutes about discussion about this. For example, here in Raval now at the moment, apart from the gentrification and 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 tourism and so on, there's a big problem with uh, drugs, for example, drug dealing, and mm-hmm. there's uh, a kind of um, uh, drug tourism. There's many people okay. from abroad. Uh, coming here to to, to buy drugs. take heroin and there's a big problem you can find many many sharing from the street as well mm-hmm. and it's m- many businesses like um, selling also drugs so it's quite every all the, every day at 10 p.m. for example the neighbors um, do this uh, they go out they go out to the window and do some noise it's quite an Argentinian way of complaining. It's okay. called cacerolada in Spanish, and just uh, you just have to kick your saucepan or or another okay. kitchen tool and make noise to make the drug dealers go away. Just to complain, it's a way a way to complain, make okay. it uh, okay. hearable. And so those meetings, do they do they make decisions? And if so, how are they? How can those? Do, do they then? send their do they then send their decisions on to the mayor or how how does that work well the thing with the confluence at barcelona in Comú, it actually works as a um, kind of government somehow and apart from these district meetings there's a higher level of meetings which is called territorial and there you have representatives it's called what sorry territorial territorial okay and it's built, it, it uh, refers to the territory and you have representatives from every district meeting there and and this is the place where where all the points of view and all the conflicts um, um, get presented mm-hmm. and 
at this level there are some people from the coordination of the confluence and that could be like the highest level of of the of the confluence where all the representatives from the government uh, attend as well so but so, I mean, so 20 people doesn't sound like very many for representing a whole neighborhood is that i mean have they been bigger before is that is that yeah. okay at being that size or is that is hmm. that intentionally that small or is it that actually it's a bit disappointing because there's not enough people get involved or yeah they they have commented my colleagues a couple of times and there had been a, um may, there are many people now as they used to be um apparently um when you lose this effect of uh this really motivating effect from the beginning mm. Some people got uh, discouraged, maybe, and they just um, stepped uh, away. Yeah. yeah. And you—you uh, mm. you were saying before that 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 Enkomu doesn't have a formal position on on independence. It's sort of, but is that discussed at those meetings, or is it, or are those meetings much more for very local issues? Well, they have local issues mostly, but. We sometimes have some time for political discussion as well, um, especially over the last weeks with the referendum thing. And the official position is um, quite clear in terms of what they beg for, no? just in dialogue and trying both sides to sit down and start uh, conversations. That's politics after all, mm -hmm. no? or it should be. But, um, you know, um, you are, as the position we have uh, in the confluence, it's quite easy for both sides to blame you because you are not in any of the two sides, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think um, things shouldn't be like black and white. There is a lot of... Uh, um, uh, different colors in between, no? And Rainbow of course. Yeah. And and for sure, you know, and uh, the nationalist the Catalan nationalist uh, side blames you because they feel you are not hundred percent with them mm -hmm. and on the other side they say you are you are also nationalist. But um, for sure within the confluence you may find people if you ask uh, who are more for independence and people who would put uh, negative mm -hmm. and that's quite white so so at the at the city level where the mayor um, what's she called again Anna? Ada Colau. yeah so so she's could you just give a sense of some of the changes that she's introduced so how mm -hmm. what does this sort of municipal agenda look mm -hmm. like on, mm -hmm. the, uh, on, the, on the scale of making citywide yeah. policy? Um, it comes from, from uh, the small victories, you know, and these victories uh, start at the, at the smallest uh, level possible, you know. Uh, I think it's easier to build up uh, from a neighborhood point of view or from from even your building of of uh, neighbors, no, mm -hmm. and these are seen as small victories, but uh, in the end they can be big changes for for the whole city, you know, and and one of the things they have tried, for example, is 
well they have done is the remunicipalization of the water company um, okay which is quite for Spain is quite a big thing it's the first mm -hmm. city um, that is doing this or or creating they are creating next year also a public uh, electric company which okay. will provide electricity to all uh, public um, um, institutions and buildings related to the institutions and with, re with renewable energy is it is it mostly is that the idea yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um, and this comes to fight against the big uh, com electric companies uh, that have the the um, that have the they control the the whole market no mm -hmm. or in terms of mobility um they they have also um they have also created a lot of um, kilometers of um, bike roads and and coming back to your first introduction about imagination you know and that's quite uh, related to transition movement I guess it's um, trying new uh, scenarios for the public space like the super blocks and, and trying to Barcelona doesn't have that much green areas within the city so there are a couple of pilot um, um, uh, initiatives um, in some districts, which is closing the streets and um, building and creating some green parts and playgrounds for kids mm -hmm. and some corners for dogs. And I've been through a couple of them, and and you can tell that even if it's pavement on the on the on the even if it's pavement and it's not that green really makes a difference in terms of uh, allowing some uh, public space for for neighbors mm. who in the end go down and and over the weekend have a market there or or it feels like you it invites you to spend more time on the street no mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that um, uh, in the last years we were stopped uh, to do you know I remember some conservative um, not because of the left or right wing thing, but I remember some a mayor in Madrid telling uh, he didn't want to um, build up banks on the squares because people can stay together and if you stay together, you can have a chat with your neighbor and then you may start um, complaining or, or <laughs> hesitating about some things, no? I think the more we talk and the more we stay together, the, mm. the more uh, doubts and the more things you feel you can do together. And from a political point of view, for some people, this may be dangerous. No, mm. the same as um, not uh, um, having an education where imagination or creativity have a major role as well. Mm. No, mm. I think that's quite important uh, since. Um, at the school level, no, the, it's proof that the more creative you are and the more um, freedom you give to imagination, it's uh, better education for for also further um, intellectual development on kids, no. Mm.
Absolutely. And that's uh, sometimes I think that the day and when I refer to day is like the governments or big companies when they control the media and so they want us blind they want us not to think that much that's why you know every time we have like 30 minutes for football reviews but not for political discussion on mm -hmm. TV you know on prime time and short things like that <laughs> I'm just going to pause this and just get a glass of water a second Joel yeah uh, how do I pause my pause mm -hmm. I think there's um, a big future on this um, municipalist point of view you know and not just I mean I think you can change um, big things from from a local level no also related to big issues and international issues like climate change for example if you reduce the number of cars like uh, increasing taxes for for cars or for parking slots and so on this is uh, this affects to the city level I mean, it's a decision can be done at a local level, but at the same time, you are influencing uh, a global issue. Mm. So, so how confident do you feel that 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 uh, the mayor and the people around her won't just do the thing that often happens in situations like this, where they just go off and become politicians like everybody else and mm. don't stop listening to the neighbourhood? Yeah, assemblies. Are there things in place to stop that from happening? I think they are on the on the right way because they come from where they come from. No, the first thing they did when they went into the institution is hanging a um, a piece of paper saying like, "Don't forget where you come from." No, mm. because they had this feeling they they were in a big castle with lots of doors and rooms, and they they didn't feel really comfortable, you know, and they had this fear of, okay, um, of being somehow um, um, absorbed by the institution, no? Mm -hmm. That's for sure a fear that that you can have, like, when you meet um, big fishes from companies and so on. It's, um, it's a place you are not used to, no? Mm -hmm. And this um, way of um, relating to people, no? But, um, yeah, I think these are, when I see them, they are like normal people like you and me, no? It's mm -hmm. not like the typical guy with the suit and smoking a cigar and, you know, and, and getting for sure, um, getting to know for sure that he has some interest. And I think these people are ruling for the people and they may have a, populism point of view somehow but uh, I think they are they are pure mm. and um, has, has there been much uh, resistance have they have they encountered a lot of resistance yeah especially I think they are aiming to change uh, many things and they realize also like when when they are in the institution that they cannot um, change um, everything because many things also are on a higher level in terms of a regional government or even central government mm -hmm. as for example with the refugee crisis Spain has 
not uh, accomplish uh, the it's part of the deal uh, welcoming the number of refugees they are supposed to and the mayor has um, publicly um, announced that she wants to host more people but um, this is a central state uh, um, decision that she cannot go through for example yeah and and then yeah there are some people also who may not be um, uh, um, may not agree with the politics that uh, are being taken at the moment but I think um, and also the the, the polls have shown that more and more people are supporting the government now the local government because in the end um, it's not about left or right or you know and also it's more about the common goods and about the if you see it from an objective point of view and and this this party this confluence is um, governing for for the things that affect you on a on a daily mm. ba- on a daily basis and on, on things that they they have been moved from out from the traditional um, um, political discussion as well and they focus on the on the things that affect to your neighborhood or to your daily life yeah mm-hmm. that's uh, and yeah. They do, aren't, they, aren't they doing a, a universal basic income pilot somewhere mm, that was no they are not no 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 they they had podemos had this thing on the on the program but yeah since they were not uh, um, since they were not elected as the um, mayor force it could not be implemented mm-hmm. but there are a lot of um, social actions also like buying many empty flats at the moment especially in districts such as this one and allowing uh, low income families to rent these places mm. um, and also um, building building new houses for social rent um in terms of tourism they have stopped many licenses for new hotels and you cannot revert the model uh, because it's really big but at least you can stop it and mm. and not <coughs> make it bigger no and so do you think that for people living in the city who aren't necessarily involved in the in the meetings do you think people generally f- feel like they live in a more imaginative place or that they are is there a wider sort of sense that there's more possibilities than they were before mm-hmm. and if I just if I like just got a taxi or spoke to someone in a shop mm. or something do you think they would say yeah this feels good well at least um, I would I would think that it comes this imagination um, related to hope more, mm. you know, it's like imagining the city you would like to have, no? 
but um, I mean, just two years, you cannot change uh, everything. everything. So you have to think on on a long term, and apart from all imagination and all the hope these people um, gives to many people at the moment, um, they are also professional um, in different fields uh, with good teams from civil society that work on a long-term also scale and imagining this city in maybe 15, 20 years, mm. no? So, there, so, there's a, so there's a vision behind what they're doing? Yeah. And is that a, is that a widely shared vision? I mean, if you, if you ask people, do you know what that vision is? Do you think most people would know what it is? Well, I'm talking about the plans they are passing now at the moment, like um, it's um, affecting like uh, on a local district, you know, or urbanism plans and they are... Um, um, for example, the one they passed a couple of weeks ago, it is from 2016, 2017, 2025, you know, it's in eight years time. Okay. So all these things are still like in, in, in vision, no? Yeah. So, uh, and it's happening where were the other places you said? Madrid? Uh-huh. We have um, this new government in most of the main cities in uh, Spain, Barcelona, Madrid, Zaragoza, La Coruña, also in Cádiz. And, and these are all with on the same page. Like for example, last June we organized at the International Committee this uh, Fearless Cities uh, gathering. Mm. It's a it was a municipalist uh, gathering and we had people from all over Spain, but also really international, like uh, from from the States. That friends of mine from England came in. Yeah, and lots of workshops and roundtables about different topics, uh, common goods and transparency, transition, mm -hmm. communication. Um, so, so within that, so within that movement, there's a lot of those sort of um, uh, those tools for sort of deeper engagement, like like open space, world cafe, people talking in circles. A lot of that stuff is really designed into into this whole thing, rather than just very s traditional kind of group meeting formats. Hmm. Yeah, it was more dynamic for sure. And on top, it gave you like this energy of, of feeling that there's quite a lot of, a lot of people out there mm. on the same page in different countries trying, of course, every country has its own specialities. But I think, uh, as I said in the beginning, that somehow we are experiencing an end of, of change, an end of an era. Mm. And it's a time of change, you know? And changes doesn't come from one day to another, yeah. but in history, then when when you go back and then when when you were at the school and you study history, you see like on this year happened this thing, four years later, and this thing, and then two years after, and I think we are in the process of experiencing uh, new changes. It's so nice to hear coming from England, where it just doesn't feel like this. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Well, but you had uh, change as well. I mean, maybe not 
yeah, would Jeremy, you aim to it? I think Jeremy Corbyn, the stuff Jeremy Corbyn's doing is very exciting. Mm -hmm. The way they, the kind of how they took a lot of Bernie Sanders' organising model and used that in the election. And what about these indie towns that you have in the, in the UK? Yeah, there's not that many of them. I mean, Froome is brilliant, but I know several others where they've done the same model and they've not been anywhere no. near as successful, really. Um, but so, so here, so you have the neighbourhoods, hmm. then you have the, the kind of areas, and then you have the cities. So this is an idea which has bubbled up from the, from the grassroots and has reached the level of the cities. Mm-hmm how much of a push is it to take those ideas from the city into the national government and is that is that happening is that possible well um this is, must be really hard and the next step now for the confluence is going on a regional level at the catalan parliament um as a confluence as well like okay. trying to reproduce the same strategy but on a on the next level yeah and for sure um, the main the main political view is the same but it has to be another world no and sometimes um, it's also hard to think that you can succeed on also different parts of the region Mm -hmm. where they are more attached to nationalism nowadays. I mean, the scenario at the moment is a bit weird, yes. you know? with all the positions really marked. Like yeah. And um, Ada Kola, for example, she has said several times she, she wants to keep working on a local level because she wouldn't feel like working for for a bigger government mm. a national white and, um, and have you noticed any because with all the refugee crisis there's been a real sort of a, um, some places like a real decline in in empathy you know which resonates as some very troubling research about the decline in empathy in America hmm. has fallen 20 or 30 percent in the last 15 years or something that people's concern for other people have you noticed that here with this change of political narrative and this sort of opening of a more political narrative that somehow that's led to a more inclusive sense a more tolerant sense around that does it feel like a more empathic city than it maybe did two or three years ago I think Barcelona within Spain has always been quite an embracing city. Um, it was the destination for many migrants in Spain um, in the 70s, 80s, because it was one of the richest uh, regions in Spain. So many people from the south, were, from Andalusia, for, um, mostly were coming to Barcelona. And it has always been also with the international migrants quite open city despite this thing with catalanism and mm. which could lead to think that people try to be more um, close no um, for example last christmas here 
last winter it was I don't remember now the exact month but there was a big demonstration uh, um, for um, supporting the refugee uh, policy of the local government and there was nearly one million people out on the street wow. that was like uh, one of the biggest demos I've seen in my life and it was for a nice thing no which mm. is uh, welcoming more refugees mm. 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 and yeah I think it's quite it's been quite inclusive every time every always and the um, the COVID and here we may have many wrong bad things in Spain but I don't think um, mm, xenophobia is really present here so far mm. in our country for sure there are some people as everywhere but there's not a big uh, political party or mm. movement uh, being with the racist uh, mm. uh, agenda and was the process of, of get bringing the water company back into public ownership a big was that difficult or is that just let's just decide to do that it's because um, all these structures with the big companies um, at least here in Spain you know like the, most of the big <coughs> companies related to uh, natural resources and or yeah mostly them and also banks and 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 big um, building companies and so on they have this um, former politicians working in the administration uh, uh, settings um, so the connections between politics and and companies are mm. quite visible and yeah. And they have not been an issue until uh, two, three years ago when Podemos came into the agenda, no? Oh, okay. So trying to reverse these um, uh, procedures and these uh, ways of making business is sometimes not as easy as it should be. Yes. And I think with the water is comes from <coughs> on the same page, no? If it was uh, privatized many years ago, and this company has all the um, monopoly of of the business. Um, it's hard to say, hey, this is should be back to the people, no? They did. They did that in Paris as well, I think. Yeah. They brought their water company back. Hmm. And then I remember hearing it was really interesting. They then I think in Berlin as well. They then brought in policies about about how the land was managed in the catchment, so to try and really help as many farmers become organic as possible within the catchment so Imagine. they didn't get pesticides in the water. Wow. Uh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. So, um, uh, I just think if there's any last thoughts about the whole... I, For example, I was given... I wanted to tell you about... I was given the... Let's call this plenary and it's open to district plenary as well. But the last day of the... And we were, for example, discussing all the all the things that are gonna be discussed at the plenary, and so so just so just so the difference between the plenary and so the, there's the neighborhood meeting. Is that is that the plenary? Yeah, it's for the institution, and, and it's like the um, um, the things 
and uh, measurements and which have to be discussed with all the political parties and they vote for them and there was quite a, a bit of discussion and it was really nice to get to know all this from the inside. I mean, it's one of the of the things is like the transparency that you get through through these decisions as well. Um, well, this one is was quite also focused on the on the current situation <laughs> of the referendum and post referendum and stuff. But so this is the this is at the city level. Yeah. So you at the district of um, the plenary is for this district. This one. Okay. But yeah, we have uh, representatives of the confluence at the district level, of course, and. She came to the assembly to present them, and the mayor did. Yeah. So I noticed, like when I met you in Germany, you had a card. You gave me your card. Yeah, that's. And the your card said Barcelona and Como on it. Yeah. So is it based? So is it anybody who goes along to her local neighborhood assemblies can have cards with the name on? Or no, I was given them when I was at uh, the Fearless Cities uh, gathering on last June. Okay. I was quite involved, and I was uh, coordinating one table in transparency and. And Xavi and Kate, who are the, like um, the guys who have been longer in the commission, and they kind of uh, manage all the group. Let's say um, they gave us some cards, and they said, "Look, if you have some uh, chat with someone, then you give their card and you write your your mm -hmm. email." I like the um, how the commission works, um, and. Because as far as you have time and interest, and it's like they give you quite a lot of space to to progress, no? And basically, what they do there, at the, what we do at the commission, is uh, exporting the model. That means going to international conferences or meetings, and and we kind of explain uh, the origins of the confluence, how we organize ourselves, how we communicate. And you try to look for a strategy, um, um, for um, our municipal platforms who are on the same page, or um, try to create this network mm -hmm. that um, we are trying to spread all over the world. No? It sounds a bit uh, um, ambitious or not pretentious, but you know, it's just on a good way. I think ambitious is good. Huh? Yeah. And what's the Munici Lab? Yeah, I saw you had a thing there that said Munici. Yeah, that was the. Um, was that the Fearless Cities conference? That was um, more national. This is the La Comuna, Escola del Comun. is like a, um, like a school from Barcelona and Comun to and organizes conferences all through the year workshops in different topics and so it's like a sort of a branch and it's, it's like an offshoot from Barcelona yeah and, move it, but it's, and, it, and, it, and it's about training activists or, or training school children or this was for open for everyone and many people from all over Spain coming um, for workshops and, and and discussion panels and mostly on on the same topics as uh, fearless cities, and it looks like there's a kind of a strand to it, which is about new economy, more local economy kind of stuff. Yeah, 
I mean, what what from my point of view, what we are trying to do is like um, creating this uh, municipalist stamp and trying to um, spread it. You know, like <laughs> aiming at aiming for municipalism all all over. So if you were want, so if you were starting in. Essen or Bristol and you wanted to move towards this where would you start how would you would you would the first step be to invite all the different progressive parties together and say come on now we're only going to get anywhere if we can work together let's let's find some common ground let's write a common vision or do you start with the neighborhoods start with having meetings at the neighborhood scale how would you how would you start doing this I would try to meet up different agents there in terms of, okay, what's going on in this district, for example, and Bjorn, who was one of the guys who hosted me at the transition conference, yes, and he was um, more involved into uh, urban gardens and mobility issues. Then I would also go to maybe um, some guys who were more interested in uh, immigration policies and so on and and yeah I would try to you know um, maybe talk to the Green Party and the Link and say hey guys you are not going anywhere further right now you know you have to work with <laughs> recycle totally 100% that's how Barcelona and Comú um, was originated, you know, because some parties had also to refuse to their old signs and go all together with different actors and mm. just mm. change totally, no? Because uh, the, if you have some really deep roots into the past with some things, sometimes it's hard to, also in terms of marketing and so on, you know, people already associate your brand with something. New. Yeah, you are not new anymore. You have this uh, weight of the past, no? So You're something giving it a new name, just yeah, new brand and everything, you mm. know, new people in front. Because I don't know. However, it's so difficult to compare, no? Because. When I was talking to Bion, for example, he was telling me, yeah, because here people don't want to change anything, maybe because they are happy with what they have, most of the people, no? Yeah. Or they, this is one of the problems in Europe, some of the disagreement of, of this discouraged feeling gets into right-wing um, political parties, you know, because they also... they also try to embrace the people with uh, populism, right? So in the end, it's what Owen Jones says as well. It's a problem of um, getting to the people who are disclassified at the moment right now. You know? There's no working class anymore. We are all working class. Mm -hmm. And these people don't feel represented anymore by traditional parties. So there's a new way for escaping for many people. Mm -hmm. Brexit, Trump, uh, independence. God, I wish we could escape from Brexit. <laughs> um, so you feel more hopeful about the future than you did four or five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And what does that future look like for you? 
Because one of the things that, I've, that I'm writing about in the book is, mm. that is, is a question about what happened to the future. It used to be when I was a kid, all the books I read were all about how the future was going to be amazing, we were going to go to the moon and mm. on holiday. Mm. And, you know, and the future was something people t- talked about a lot. But in the last few years, it's felt like the future has become something that's too complicated, too scary. So you have this rise of nostalgia. You have this rise of let's make it like the 1950s again because yeah. I understood them and, and they were quite good for white rich guys but not really for anyone else but let's make let's go backwards and in many places I really see it in England there's this sort of closing down of the future the future doesn't feel like something people talk about really anymore apart from in sort of dystopian movies where terrible things happen mm. to people do you get a sense here that that the future is something that that people are kind of a bit more excited about and look 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 forward to it more. On one hand, I would like to to say yes, that I feel um, that I feel uh, somehow in illusionate that um, I look forward for for a better future, mm. but. It's also true that um, the way things are turning out in the last years, uh, it also brings me some fear somehow. Mm. And I would like to think there's going to be a better future for all of us, but I don't think uh, I may have, um, I think, this welfare state that we all were born here in the Western countries, it's coming to an end. Mm. And I can see some shadows <laughs> <laughs> around as well. And yeah. But in the end, that's how life it is as well. It's been always um, wars and... Uh, and fears and mm. revolutions and why shouldn't be different now um, and does it does, does this feel like it's been a revolution does it feel like from those days in from those days of the 15m and in the squares and all that does it feel because often things like that happen and then like Occupy it came and it went and then, mm. it, and then nothing really much changed as a result Hmm. Does this feel now with someone living in Barcelona like actually that really that was really worth doing that really changed something? It helped us a lot um, mobilizing people and put into politics some some things some issues for our democracy couldn't be seen different before hmm. and and this is mostly thanks to the 15M but also thanks to Podemos, you know, mm. there's more than five million people now who voted them and this could have been impossible to think about uh, four years ago and and the way the way they they have introduced new things into politics is is quite an improvement already and and I think it was quite needed for them to to go into the parliament mm. 
and it would be even better if we could have a government with with such people on board you know mm. that would make really a difference mm -hmm. so the city of barcelona through this new government has a very bold agenda it's it's exploring new economic models new housing models it's bringing bring investing money in social housing it's doing all sorts of stuff the municipal stuff does does being part of spain restrict its ability to do any of those things if it were an independent state would it be more able to do those things and are there things currently that it can't do because it's part of spain hmm. well some some of the um, actions that have to be taken they can't because they are not um, uh, able to because they, it's on a higher level the decision no and apart from that um, yeah I mean no one can know um, if it could be different no because mm. I think right now how the things are within the system we are in uh, it's impossible to to escape from some things no I mean the changes should be deeper uh, um, they don't. They are not based on just one government, but mm. it's more a global thing. No? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we were. Like we were saying before. I mean, imagining one, one new country, um, out of Spain at the moment. On the next day, that would. Um, that could suppose maybe the collapse, immediately collapse, you know, economically and because of all the structures that mm. we are all under, no? Not being able to withdraw money or public employees not being paid or... Yeah. If it's anything like Brexit, it's like once you start to... It's a great idea to, well, for, to move those things apart, but it's really complicated. Hmm. Nobody really understands it until you actually do it, you know. Yeah. Like they're finding with Brexit now. It's like, oh, but, oh, and that's really, yeah. oh, you know. And no one explained it here. They just uh, picture it as if it would be like uh, um, the perfect country, the perfect mm. scenario, no? But I think it could be quite tough mm. Mm. Uh, on the next day. But... Yeah, I'm not really confident that uh, any change will happen. This is quite a Spanish way to do things uh, on both sides, quite dodgy. Mm -hmm. uh, on one hand, the repression of the central government and... Oh, no, that's my sock. Oh. That's <laughs> my sock, And on the other side, a uh, referendum which was not really... Um, validated or with no the guarantees that um, could be ending up being a proof of independence for mm. no one no it was more as a demonstration or a big mobilization of people but not something that you can um, based on a declaration of independence mm -hmm. so the, the only way would be like agreeing a referendum and 
running a proper campaign on both sides for yes and no as it as uh, it happened in Scotland for example yeah this also shows how bad our democracy is no with mm, the central government government not facing a, a political discussion and running a proper campaign with attitude and with um, with uh, positions and points of view mm, mm. Um, supporting your your decision no and for sure it would be a no uh, result here mm, in Catalonia mm, but mm. you have to face that and also see that there's uh, quite a lot of people here who some of them would live would like to live on an independent country and some others for sure that want to vote like 80% mm. of the people they want to vote yes or no but just do it face it and then forget about this and focus on the important things that you have to mm. do politics about no mm. Mm. 